Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And Valerie Comer. So today we're going to chat about rom-coms, and um, not really specifically specific rom-coms, just sort of generically <laughs> rom-coms. We have, we have thoughts and... Uh, <laughs> And to us. Never. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah so this is less um less of a how to add a thousand rom-coms to your tbr episode and more a let's just chat about rom-coms episode. i'm sure there will be listeners and watchers who will be relieved if their tbr does not grow this week that was my thought yes yes <laughs> yeah so um i don't think that we can deny like why are we doing this is because like last year and sort of the year before last it feels like kind of the golden era of rom-com has descended onto us um it doesn't hear look... the harp strings from <laughs> heaven it doesn't yeah. seem like it's gonna end anytime soon either as far as i can tell um so i, I guess do you agree with that or not um and and then also, I'd love to have you guys, because this is something I struggle with a little bit. How do you differentiate between the chiclet of the early 2000s uh, and rom-com today? And whoever wants to go first can go first. I'll go first then. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I mean, from my perspective in terms of looking at rom-coms, I think we've had the golden era has arisen post-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty normal if you go back through history and look at different trends with um, fiction and reading material that when something hard happens, people are looking for the lighter side of life. And so I think that's what really kick-started readers wanting rom-coms and also authors who are stuck mm -hmm. at home in the pandemic thinking, oh, I don't want to write about something that's heavy and whatever. I want to write something light and funny. So I think <laughs> that's where this wave has come from. Um, how it differs to Chiclet. Um, so I remember I was reading Chiclet. I remember reading Bridget Jones' Diary. It all kicked it off back in the day. And Kristen Billabeck's What a Girl Wants with Ashley Stockingdale and all those books. And I think Chiclet was very much the urban, young, working girl sort of thing where you had the designer label handbag, the designer label shoes. You were dressed in the sometimes the power suits that go back to that early sort of 2000s, mm -hmm. late 90s era. And it was very city and very urban whereas the modern day rom-coms that we see in 2022 2023 are very broad like you can have a cowboy rom-com like it's not just stuck yeah. in that sort of city um new york city sort of that sex in the city the tv show that was on back in the day when she clip was big it's it's gone a lot broader than that and i think writers have really explored how can we take funny and move it into the non-traditional settings that sort of define chick lit yeah no, that's, that's interesting. And I, I think that makes sense with the pandemic that um, there's a lot of times you just didn't want to sit down with something weighty, even, <laughs> if, even yeah. if it's a story you would normally have loved or an author that you would normally have eaten up everything, but you're just like, oh man, I just, I just want to forget about hard things for like three hours. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> yeah, three right. Hours. Yeah. Um, something else with Chiclet, though, it was it was more women's fiction. Okay. Um, there was sometimes romance in it. Hi, Cooney. See you later. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to talk about Chiclet. Um, 
there was sometimes romance in it, but it was always, I believe always, um, female first person point of view. Never the guy wouldn't have a point of view. And so, and yeah, some sometimes there was some romance in it, but it was usually like her journey to something that may or may not include that. Um, so that first person point of view voice, I think, is the is one of the main and the funny is one of the main things that came yeah. through into Rom romantic comedy uh, yeah. as we know it now but the themes and stuff I think were quite a bit different okay. and um like yeah that's fair that's fair um yeah okay so if you pick up a rom-com today what is your expectation as a reader for rom-com in terms of humor? Are you expecting, you know, to be laughing out loud the whole time you're reading it? Are you expecting to just sort of smile slightly here and there? Are you something in between? What is it? What is it you? And I get that this is going to vary like from person to person, but what is it like your ideal? If you had an ideal for a rom-com, what would it be? Valerie? Oh, ideal. Well, ideally, yeah, I would I would laugh out loud a few times anyways, two or three times. Would that be too much to ask? <laughs> um, in reality, I'm looking for something that makes me smile or that warms my heart and amuses me. I, I, I'm basically I'm looking to be amused. Okay. Narelle? I do like the laugh out loud, tears coming, tears pouring out your eyes. Those really, um, those sitcoms, sort of like the I Love Lucy moments, but in a modern day setting. Like that's, if something's labelled a rom-com, I really want it to deliver on the I meet do too. Cute, the meet it's cute. not that I don't want to laugh. It's that <laughs> I don't expect to, usually. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's what I want in an mm -hmm. ideal world. And and I think sometimes I've finished a rom-com and closed the book and thought, I wish this had been labelled as CCR mm. because there was some, if I had a Reddit expecting a CCR with has funny moments, I would have really enjoyed the story. But because I was expecting a laugh out loud rom-com and you'll see endorsements or you'll see stuff on Instagram or whatever where people have raved about how funny this book is. And if you go in with those expectations and they don't deliver, you can end up being disappointed when you didn't need to be disappointed. So I do like it to deliver, but it doesn't always deliver, as Valerie said. And if I'm not smiling, um, I'm probably DNFing it <laughs> and putting something else, putting it that down. That is is my problem as well. Is I think, and and maybe it's um, and Valerie and I have talked about this. She and I both agree that we have maybe maybe the play waiter different senses of humor than um, than reader. than is yeah than the average reader. So so that makes it trickier for sure. Um, but then Narelle, you mentioned like the, I love Lucy kind of moments and, and that I think is another thing because to me, I don't love when rom-coms rely on pratfalls and, and physical humor, um, or, or just like extreme embarrassment. Um, because to me, that's just mortifying. Like I love the TV show, the office, um, both versions, US and UK, but there are some episodes where it's just so much secondhand embarrassment that it's not funny anymore to me because I just, 
I want to feel bad for the people involved. And I feel like often the rom-coms I pick up, you have the characters making these fools of themselves that, you know, it feels like a low hanging fruit laugh, but to me, it's just like, wow, that's, that's just sad. They need to learn how to live in society so they don't do this. And it has to fit the character. Like, I mean, people loved Lucy in the I Love yeah. Lucy sitcom because of how crazy over the top she was. Like, it fit that was her personality and her character. And the problem can be is if you've got a character that's more serious and then something mortifyingly embarrassing happens, the humour falls flat because yeah. that person, if you were in their shoes, thinking the way they think and all the rest of it, you're thinking... You're in the mindset of, oh my goodness, I just want to, I just want to fall into a hole. I can't look at anyone. I'm going to cry for a week in bed and yeah. hide. I mean, that's the thing. So yeah. it has to fit the character. That and is, so, yeah. I love yeah. Lucy would do as well written out in a story. No, probably not. Probably no. not. So much is visual. Yeah. 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 And by the time you've described all that, it's like la da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. true. And the same with Friends. So I've watched um, some Friends yeah. episodes probably after Matthew Perry passing in late 2023, got yeah. a bit nostalgic. And a lot of that humour, you wouldn't be able to translate to a book. And even no. being, that was mid-90s. I remember the first time I ever watched Friends, I was in Hawaii. It hadn't even come to Australia yet. It was very exciting <laughs> to watch American TV before I got to Australia. And a lot of that humour is very dated to 90s that wouldn't transfer to now. So I think it's very hard because humour is also a part of the times and you can't necessarily move an era around the place and expect it to translate as well. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, I I find that that slapstick, um, clumsy, I'm tripping all the time kind of humour. Like you said, Beth, you just want to go, oh, slow down, take another step. It's okay. Don't, (laughs) you know quit tripping over your big feet, whatever. And um, it just feels like these people actually need like help. Yeah. Like a doctor. Right. Yeah. And that's I think where I am because I'm like, okay, my son was tripping all the time. And what ended up happening is he needed occupational therapy because he has a foot that goes sideways if he's not careful. So we, we had to do a lot of occupational therapy to help him learn how to walk with his feet pointing ahead so that he didn't trip as much. And then my other son went through a phase where he was tripping and I realized he'd outgrown his new shoes like in a week after having bought them and he was tripping. Like, so these are things like that you, if you're tripping constantly, do you have vertigo? You need to see a doctor of some sort <laughs> because it's not charming and endearing. It, you you need help and and because it's not normal and and you need help. So it's kind of like if a rom-com is just a series of characters spilling coffee on people and all the really, all those cliche things, it's kind of like reading a CCR that's just full of silly misunderstandings where one conversation fixes it. Yeah. So yes, there is conflict in the story and there's problems, but they're so shallow and fabricated that you roll your eyes and DNF the book. And that's what I'll do for rom-com. If the the humor and the things that happen have to have meaning for the story. They have to be anchored in the 
in it has to make sense for the character you've got to be able to look at a situation and say that does logically make sense what's going on and I'll use an example from a book we've recently talked about pixels and paint that Mm -hmm. Christiane Hunter wrote and the main character has a twin sister who's very worldly and completely disinterested in Christianity and very much convinced her twin sister if she goes on a date must be sleeping with the guy she's going on a date with so she's trying to give her sister a condom and her sister's like I don't need a condom like that's that's I'm a Christian that's not what I need but of course the sister slips it into a bag the heroin gets a headache she thinks she's pulling out headache tablets and it's a condom now I know people I I absolutely was on the floor laughing with that scene I thought it was hilarious I really got it it made sense I understood how that could happen but I also know people that read that scene and went nah that was just poor taste that doesn't fit what you'd expect in a Christian book etc etc so it's just I think it's really really hard to get humor that will actually work and if it doesn't work it can really backfire spectacularly in terms of the way readers perceive things as well yeah yeah so um oh go ahead go ahead yeah it's just part of that that whole lightness thing I mean that's what we're expecting so it's a fine line between so light that people are tripping over their feet and ha ha (laughs) and so serious that nobody cracks a smile and everything is to the death. Yeah. So somewhere in between is is the happy spot, and probably jumping ahead in the notes here. But you, you are a little actually. You're segueing really nicely <laughs> because Norelle also touched on it as uh, as well. So we can sort of shift along. Um, there is a line in the sand somewhere, but where that line is, maybe um, changes. Somebody tripped over it and scuffed yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, between like a CCR with humorous moments versus a rom-com. Like I wrote um, A Heart Restored for a rom-com box set. Uh, And that was when I learned that I can't write (laughs) rom-coms. I'm not going to try ever again (laughs) because it very much is a CCR with hopefully I find some of it humorous. Like there are humorous moments but is it a rom-com? Like, no, no, I wouldn't say it is. There are other, there are people who do, but I, I don't think it is. Um, so I don't even try to advertise it as a rom-com because I don't want people to be super disappointed. So where is that line for you? What, what makes the distinction between, yes, this absolutely should be categorized as a rom-com and eh, maybe not. Norelle, do you have a line? Um, well, rom-com's normally first person. It can be third person, but typically it is. And I think it's that that close point of view in first person can work really well because to really often get the humour, you need to be very deeply in the character's head rather than talking with that third person distance sure. yeah. about if that makes sense. So I think that can help, but it's it's hard. It, it's really, really hard to say where the line in the sand is because everyone has different things they think are funny. And I think it's often it's the issues in the book. So if the book has a lot of issues it deals with, often it's more CCR that's funny rather than rom-com. And I think there are times when I will read something, I think, well, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to jump ahead and talk about book covers because that used to be how I used to work things out. <laughs> but it's I just think it's hard. And I think some people... I think it's very dangerous for an for a publisher or an author to label a book as a rom-com if it isn't. 
if it really, if people, if you haven't got a whole lot of beta readers that are laughing out loud about the book, then it really probably isn't. And then that just leaves readers disappointed. So I think the challenge is readers. Yeah. Yeah. How do, how do you meet readers' expectations? And um, are readers, are there any readers that like CCR but hate rom coms? Because that's the other thing. If you've got too much funny in a book <laughs> and you just label it CCR, do people, are there people who aren't going to like that? I mean, it's oh, just, no. you know what I mean? It's yeah. just really hard to try and you can't please everybody. And I think authors and publishers do their best to categorize their books the right way. Amazon sometimes has a bit of fun playing with categories and confusing <laughs> things a little bit, just to, just to yeah. add a bit of confusion into the mix. But um, I don't know. I think, and sometimes I think it could be my mood. One day I could read the same book and think it's a rom con. The next that, day I could think it's CCR yeah, and it's all about so me. True. That is yeah. so true. It's so subjective. Valerie, yeah. what do you, what do you look for, for distinguishing? That, that's more true than I would have thought of actually um, that it depends on my mood that day as well. So it's not even like yeah. I have a line in the sand, right? You, I'm tripping the line. my own sandy lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So was the question, sorry. Just, you know, how, how do you feel like you determine, distinguish? I think it's safer with- to underplay it. Yeah. Because when I read, um, several reviews or whatever that's like this is the funniest thing I read all year or whatever then I'm like but was it yeah what are you comparing this to um because there have definitely been times when I have picked up something that has been widely raved about as being just the most funny thing ever and I'm like well that was kind of mildly amusing sort of yeah. Uh, but I know yeah. too that I blame my father. Can I just, can we just like have a moment here? <laughs> this is this a therapy session had... now. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your father, most, Valerie. Most absurd sense of humor. So dry, so strange. Nobody got it. Like, except for us, we thought he was hilarious. But most people did not find my dad that funny. And I remember my daughter coming home from high school one day and saying, Grandpa's humor is a curse. And I'm like, oh, really? Tell me more. <laughs> and she's like, because I'm sitting in class and somebody says something and I snicker and they're like, what's so funny? Tell us what's so funny. And she's like, never mind. No, really? Tell No, no, you won't. It, no, because nobody else is going to. You had to be there in her head, hearing her grandpa's voice in that moment, right? For it to be funny. So whenever she did try to explain it, they're like, that's not funny. And she's like, I know, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) This this is why I struggle with rom-coms too, because I'm in that same, like what I think is hilarious. Other people are like, okay. (laughs) And if if I could get into my own head and write down the things I think are funny and call it a rom-com, there is a subset of reader who would agree that it's funny. And there'd be a whole lot of other people who are going, I don't get it. How is this yeah. funny? Yeah. And so and a, yeah. I don't try. I I like to say that there is laughter and there are tears. <clears throat> you know, you will feel things when you read my stories. Yeah. But whether you're going to sit there and laugh your head off, I doubt it. But I hope you will smile a few times 
and maybe even snicker once or twice. Then <laughs> I, I feel like I've kind of nailed it. Yeah. That I'm not writing rom-com. Yeah. 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 It's also the country differences. So Australian humour is very different to American humour yeah. in many respects Canadian as well. Humor. And Canadian humour, again, is different. So I think there's also things that I think I probably get American humour humour more easily than Beth would get Australian humour because she hasn't been exposed to it. No, but I grew way. up watching British British television. So I get British humour and I imagine it's similar Oh, it's... A, I adore British humor. Yeah, I, I really do. I love British. I mean, okay. if there's British humor, I grew up with that, and I just yeah. adore British humor as well, which is again is different. So I think you've also got those cultural differences that play into it, and there is it's like the in joke. Like you've got to understand what something is to find it funny. Yeah. Well, if that and, makes sense, and you maybe I, honestly, you've got to yeah. I feel like sometimes American humor is just mean. And so like, then you try to say, well, it's Christian rom-com and it's like, well, then it, it shouldn't be me. Shouldn't be me. And so that then sometimes is where I struggle as well, because like, yes, in high school with my non-Christian friends, that would have been hilarious, but I am trying to not be that person who finds yeah. that funny. Um you know, and so that's a whole other aspect of it is because you you want the humor to not damage your relationship with Jesus at the same time. And it not doesn't to be offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a tall yeah. order. It is. It is a tall order. <laughs> and um, bless you if you try to write it because that's what yes. we, we don't. <laughs> so, so we just um, and critique it from the right, sideline. Right. Well, we're just we're talking about what we like and what we look for. We are not this is why we're not really, unless we have a positive example, mentioning other books, because we're not we're not out to slam rom-coms. They're popular and they're fun. We need a lot of rom-coms. And yeah. Yeah. So, so packaging. Packaging. Norell started to mention packaging. Um and it used to be that packaging would help you identify a rom-com, but let's yeah. let's talk about that. What um, what about the packaging has, has been changing? Yeah. I mean, it's massive. So I remember when Kara Isaac released, then there was you, which mm -hmm. is her book set in Australia. I think that's the one that won a Rita. Yeah. It had the illustrated cover. And so Jessica Kate, when she had her, um, a girl's guide to the outback and, um, I can't even think of her first book. Love and other mistakes. I think that's it. Love and other mistakes. <laughs> they were illustrated. So yeah. there was, I think, Bethany Turner's books, the early ones were illustrated. Yeah. Like, so there were the rom-com authors who were being established by the trad pubs were pretty much, very much a cartoon cover is your rom-com. And how many years ago are we talking here? We're um, only going back 10, five, 8, ten, 5 ten. even. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. yeah. Probably pre-pandemic, pre-2019, yeah. I would say most covers that were illustrated. Yeah. Um, with an exception for Valerie's books, Valerie had the illustrated covers with the Farm Fresh. I, and I Urban did Farm have, Fresh. but they were different, um, a different style than the rom-com yes. ones. Yeah. yeah, they weren't yes. cartoony. They were realistic illustrations versus yeah. a more cartoony illustration. Yeah. Yeah. So I never looked at Valerie's covers and thought they were a rom-com because no. they didn't have that particular look about it. Whereas now there are just so many very tropey titles, um, big rom-com themes. And 
yeah, it's, but a lot of them aren't rom-coms. And so I'm perpetually confused. So I can no longer rely on Amazon to give me good categories. I can no longer rely on the covers <laughs> to tell me whether it's a rom-com or not. Yeah. So then I'm into the book description and seriously, I'm so happy when I see a book description that tells me what the genre is, because often that's all you've got yeah. these days to work out what's a CCR versus what's a rom-com. Yeah. Well, especially now, rom-com shifted in the last 18 months, I feel like. Uh, 2022 halfway through maybe um to the little faceless drawn figures less cartoony but so illustrated still but the little vector figures with no face um and now the big vector faces with no face right and now which which i call vector figures on everything like they're on everything now and so it's like okay so now i can't even use this little vector man He's not necessarily telling me it's a rom-com anymore because it's not now, a clue it's, anymore. now it's on just no. plain old romance because, and I know readers are, writers are doing it and I get it because readers get grumpy when they start seeing the same stock photos on different covers. And so as an indie author, you know, your ability to get different models is challenging, right? It, unless you know a great photographer who knows photographic, photogenic people who and, and, you know, people who are cute and pretty in person aren't always good cover models. Like, they're, they're, it is different. Just because you're beautiful and photogenic doesn't make you a good cover model for a book. You can't always get your own photo shoot. Plus, that you know, unless these are all personal mm-hmm. friends who will do it for a copy of the book, it's very expensive. Yeah. So you use stock photos which can also be very expensive. So you use the affordable stock photos and those are the stock photos that everybody who's in India is also looking at. And, and half the there trad are, pubs. Yeah, and trad pubs, yes, because there are trad pubs there using, too. yeah. So sometimes with Photoshop, your designer can change it up enough. But so I get that it's frustrating. It's like that lady was on this other book and now I don't remember which one I read. So vector intervector vector figures because they're cartoons and you can do anything to them. But now you can't tell what's rom-com and what's not. I really, really don't like the zombie faces. That's literally what I think in my head, zombie faces. And I know that they signify it's a certain type of book and everyone has different likes and dislikes. But do they? Yeah, well, they're meant to. But I tend to see see a zombie face and I think I'm not buying the paperback, basically. (laughs) You alluded to this, Narelle, but um, it's it's the, um, for a long time as indie authors, when we upload a book to Amazon, we choose the categories that the book will go in. And there weren't always ones that we thought matched perfectly, but we could pick and we would do the best that we could. And um, a f- mid-fall 2023, late summer, they changed the method for which you select categories making it um just shall we just say more challenging to find the correct categories and there's some I think there's one in my book that's in an Amish category yeah I have one in Amish now too because I can't Mm. figure out how to get it out and into something more appropriate well I even mm. because I think it's Amish I know it's not Amish (laughs) um but I'm, I'm looking to, you said you can't trust the categories on Amazon and I'm here to say, yeah. yes, you cannot trust them. And I wish you could. 
um, because this was supposed to simplify things and make the categories more accurate and they're not they're just yeah. they're just a struggle um harder than they used to be yeah. before you could you could snap your fingers and choose your three categories and be out of there in 30 seconds and yeah. now it's mm -hmm. like 10 minutes later and you're still like but mm -hmm. now I'm at a dead end and how do I get to where I want to go yeah so yeah. just in case that's more than anybody wanted to know <laughs> authors do know that sometimes their books are miscategorized yeah. and we struggle to figure out how to to get them into the right ones yeah. so something that might land up in rom-com that the author knows doesn't belong there, I guess, is we're yep. trying to go yeah, with that yes. whole story. So yes, yeah. you've got the description. Mm -hmm. You've got the cover, which may or may not help. You've got <laughs> the categories, which may or may not help. And you've got the book description, which hopefully, hopefully. helps. Yeah. But yeah. you also maybe mistrust the author that goes, this is the funniest thing you've ever read. And you're like, who are you to judge? You wrote it. <laughs> um, maybe it's just cynical me so then you're then you're flipping through the reviews and uh, that may that may be helpful and sometimes you're reading the sample I can spend 10 minutes easily trying to figure out if a book that I have stumbled across for however I got there is actually one that I want to read yeah. um and sometimes that that sample is um um is tells you everything you need to know in the first two paragraphs whether it's a positive thing you need to know or not so much <laughs> you're like mm, no I don't think I can sit through three hours of this or you go "Ooh, that has possibilities yes you know mm -hmm. so the, the thing is I guess for readers is is you do have to kind of do your own homework and that's a pain I get it because as a reader I don't love doing that either. No, now, I, I want a book. That's good to me. Look, this is a really funny book. I'm like, I'm on it because I know that her sense of humor is about as warped as mine is. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, I'm like, but what was the last book you thought was funny that I did not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. So it's hard. So that you have your differing opinion day by day you have the fact that your sense of humor is different from the next person you have miscategorized books with covers that may or may not tell you <laughs> anything and so yeah yeah luck. yeah so pop culture references tend to be a staple of rom-coms valerie's giving it two thumbs down <laughs> before i thumbs even down. get if I had more thumbs, i'd give it more thumbs <laughs> She's got her toes down as well, people. Yeah, that's right. And, and Cooney's and Cooney's, and, and paws, Cooney's down well. paws are down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why do you think that is? And do you love it or hate it or something in between? We know Valerie hates it. I love pop culture references. I think they're fantastic. Um, provided they are not obscure. Um, and I even love like if they're Who pop culture, obscure? like internationally pop culture, I don't like you want to talk about K-pop or something. I don't watch K-pop, but I know about BTS. I know a few things. I probably know enough that I can follow the reference. Um, and I just think it's fun and usually pretty funny. Those are honestly, it's the pop culture references that tend to be funniest to me. Um, I take back what I said about your recommendation for humor. <laughs> anybody? 
it's not what Beth tells me to read, I won't read it. So yeah, well, it is funny when Valerie Bader reads my books, um, often she has comments on the side, I'll make a pop culture reference and she'll have like six question marks in the comment. I'm like, yeah, Valerie, I know you don't get it. That's okay. Other people will think it's funny. (laughs) So I'm too old. (laughs) I'm not particularly hip and I'm pretty content not being hip. Yeah. Narelle, what do you think? And I think the negative, the negative though, is that it dates um, the book pretty quickly. It can, yeah. but depending, it, it it depends. depends. So yeah. there is some pop culture that's timeless. Yeah, like that will last. It depends. That I might even I get. Think the pop culture needs to be a close match to the type of book. Yes. So that's the other thing. So if it's if it's a sci-fi pop culture reference and I'm reading a rom-com, I'm just like, what the what? <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on. Unless and then they're nerdy. Yeah. If yeah, they're and nerdy, then, you, then it works. Oh, it depends. It like it has to be <laughs> something work. really universally known. Okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna move away from rom- sort of the romantic comedy type references in your pop culture, it has to be something that's super well known. And it's like the jingles you used to hear on TV ads. It needs to be something where you hear that jingle, you recognize what it is. You know what the product is. It's that type of recognition. And but then again, I will go off and create my own little interpretations <laughs> of pop culture. I mean, if you go back, I thought and you were going to sing the, us a jingle that you made yeah. up. <laughs> no, if you go back and listen to the positively Penelope episode we did with Pepper Basham, and I'm there thinking that Penelope's Lady Penelope from the Thunderbirds, and I'm way off base because she was not English. But because I went, she'd been talking about pop culture, and yeah. for some reason I went to the Thunderbirds because that's just where my brain went at the time when I was enjoying the book, and off I go thinking she's English for that reason totally wrong but then again is it really wrong to it's because it's how the reader engages with the story so it might technically be wrong for me to think that Penelope was English but if I'm enjoying the story and hearing a British accent then well isn't that the whole point yeah the whole point is for readers to enjoy stories the way they want so I think pop culture gives you the potential to send readers down rabbit trails of fun that remind them of something and it can really add to the enjoyment of the book from that perspective and if they're like me and they don't understand it you just make it up (laughs) or you just move past it i um i referenced it's not a plot point then then you can just no it shouldn't be a plot point yeah 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 i referenced gunga din bringing the water in in a book and it confused valerie but um i had a couple readers actually email me they're like i love that you mentioned gunga din so again it just depends yeah. on uh, if you're up on your kipling or not apparently but um you know everybody's gonna have their thing and i think it probably if you didn't get it it wasn't like well i'm done with this book because i didn't get that reference you know it's not gonna make you <laughs> Yeah, wasn't the and, 39th and I, in the chapter. I think most pop culture references are that way. If you don't get it, okay, you know, just keep reading. It's fine. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So, so now sort of as we're wrapping up, um, all of this is rom-com, right? And we haven't said specifically Christian rom-com, but it gets trickier with CCR rom-coms um, because especially in the market today, there's a hoop of sweet clean rom-com and there's a hoop of christian writers who also and or used to write ccr who are writing sweet clean rom-com without any faith in it um and i i sort of feel like maybe they've done that because it is easier to write a rom-com without faith um 
because a faith arc generally is a growth arc, which is not, not generally funny. It's like, at least when I've had spiritual growth, I haven't been going, oh, this is amazing all the way through it. Like, that's, that I hasn't been how God has chosen to reveal my faults to me. So, I think it's just um, that Christians aren't funny. Right. Well, no, I don't think that. So that's not true. <laughs> I have two, I have two words to distinguish, mm-hmm. and it's sexual tension. General yeah. market rom coms they totally rely on. There's so much sexual tension in the relationship that is played out in the rom com sphere that Christian readers would go, "Ooh, that's icky. Ooh, like that's too much information. I don't want to know about that. Yeah. That's taking my brain a little bit too far in a direction that's outside my comfort zone, and that. just places it unhealthy for me to go. And you, the typical, like your stereotypical bikini malfunctions and stuff like that. You, that would be very hard to play out in a Christian book without readers sort of going." that's just a step too far. I mean, it can happen and it can be done, but it's, it gets into tricky territory with that. And I have an Aussie author friend who had her book banned from a Christian book chain because of that type of situation. Like it really, it can really offend readers. And the scene had, was as clean as a whistle. Like it was clean as clean can be. There was no mention of anything that's offensive, but just that particular situation just really upset readers. And it's like, no, I don't want to read that in a book and it off. Yeah. And that's where you end up with banning books, being banned and stuff. So I think Christian rom-com authors tend to go on the, uh, they tend to be wary of going too far into those sort of waters. And that's why I think a lot of um, authors have jumped into sweet claim because then they can't get into trouble if they accidentally, there's like this invisible tripwire. They just don't quite know where it is with readers. It's there. And if they go too far into that general market territory, where you've got authors like Susan Elizabeth Phillips and there's a whole, I used to read heaps of rom-coms back in the eighties and nineties in general market. And you just can't go there with Christian stuff and that's fine. And I think those authors recognize that and they um, know that if I don't label it Christian, people can't get offended and, and have a go at me and give me one star reviews, et cetera, et cetera. It's alcohol as well. It's and alcohol. Yeah. Because nothing's funnier than, you know, a drunk throwing at yourself at your ex accidentally kind of being sarcastic there. I don't find that particularly funny, but I know that it is something that is widely accepted as funny. So that's a me thing, not a, not a statement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but yeah, alcohol for sure. And the sexual tension, both are places that you can't really go in Christian fiction, if especially not for a laugh. Um, and you can't make no. like the ribald joke either, which again, you know, sometimes that was some of the humor of like the office is the little off color joke jab, but yeah. you can't do that in a Christian book or you shouldn't no. be because then people are like, <laughs> what about let no unwholesome worth proceed from your mouth? You know, are we, yeah. where are we in that verse today? Yeah. So. And it's the whole, the whole modesty thing that's important for um, Christian rom-coms yeah. like you. you're not going to have characters skinny dipping in a Christian rom-com, but that's a common trope. Yeah. If you go into the general market is that type of thing and parties and drugs and like a whole lot of stuff that goes into that, which I completely understand why readers say that's unedifying to read and unhelpful. And so it's how do publishers and authors respect readers and what they are looking for. And then the trick for authors, I think, is how do you actually get a faith arc into a story where heavy 
be just doesn't really fly in terms yeah. of what readers want. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Final rom com thoughts. We're people. long today. Um, because we I told you at the start yes. we have we have opinions. We, go we have opinions. <laughs> Never. No. Not us. Final thoughts? Everybody feel like we covered it pretty well. I love reading Christian rom-coms, so please keep writing them because yes. I really do enjoy them. And sometimes it's a mood thing. I had I recently reread one book that I read very quickly the first time and thought, I'm not in the mood for this. I want to reread it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it on the reread. So because that I was in the right mood and I had a better idea of the characters and the culture and being an Aussie, sometimes I have disconnects with American culture occasionally. So, yeah. and I just love the, the reread of it. So that will be a book I would reread in the future. So it's so based on our moods, what we like and don't like. Yeah. I was going to say something similar um, in that we may sound like we're bashing the genre we're not. from a, from a no, Christian I... point of view and saying that they don't mix. And yet I have seen them mix well and if you go back, I'll give Narelle a couple seconds here. She can pull up some episode numbers. <laughs> but, uh, times we've talked to certain authors or where, where a certain book has popped up in, um, you know, a recent reads episode or something like that, where there have been some quite amusing books yeah. that were definitely faith-filled Um that to me would would fit in that category of a Christian rom-com. Yeah. It's just that it's hard to pull off. Yeah. It's hard and to pull off. I don't have a gift. No, I don't either. Uh, there are some authors who we routinely talk about. Um, Krista Phillips, uh, Lewen yes. Ho has written some very good, very faith-filled rom-coms. Angela yes. Ruth Strong has some. Um, you know, so, and that's just three uh, Heather Gray, yes. Yeah, um, and... yeah you know. So then And then we there. keep going. Yeah, they're there and they're in yeah. they're in other episodes we do mention. So it's yeah, absolutely. We're not saying this can't happen or we, you know, that's not it at all. It's it's more just from the we were sort of looking and it's like everything's a rom-com. <laughs> Why is everything a rom-com? I was like, well, let's talk about that because maybe, maybe that'll be interesting. <laughs> You tell us if it was interesting or if you tuned yes. this out, you won't even hear my question. Never mind. No, absolutely. So um, yeah. so like Valerie said, let us let us know. <laughs> we would love to know your thoughts. We really would. Please leave a comment on the YouTube channel. Uh, while you're over there, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. Um, maybe this was controversial enough. We'll just get this flood of comments. That would be amazing. So... <laughs> Maybe that's how we get comments. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. This podcast is a rom-com. Who knew? No, um, I think I did the whole outgoing speech there. So um, most of it. I said, don't forget to subscribe and all of that. So we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.